0: Back to the wrong advice podcast I'm your host John Pachuuto and I'm very excited to have my good buddy and neighbor mr Raj Shah on with us today actually in studio Raj how you doing buddy
1: I'm doing well John it's good to be here thank you for having me I've been listening for you know a few months now to a few of them and it's it's good to be here
0: oh so excited to have you and appreciate the kind words of can you uh, give the listeners a quick intro to who you are
1: yeah sure thing so I'm Raj um I'm I don't know 30 years old I I'm a data scientist currently. I work for one of the top sports betting platforms in the country, and um, it's just an industry that's growing, and I'm excited to be in it. And, yeah, just uh, data science has been kind of my thing for a while now, and, you know, it's it's good to, I guess, be in an industry that um, appeals to me and be able to use my data analysis for something that's enjoyable. That's awesome. (laughs) I
0: can't say very many people have that level of... Uh, work life appreciation um exactly. how does one become a data scientist data analyst so there's a i guess there's like computer no, science major what was it like
1: yeah so there's no i guess clear-cut um approach to the the way i did it and even just all my coworkers, colleagues that are also data scientists everyone kind of has their own path for example mine was economics major in college me too and nice yeah, yeah. and <laughs> I guess about two years in, I realized that my favorite aspect of economics was the statistical analysis pieces. So I started taking more like econometrics type courses and really getting into the numerical analysis of things rather than just the theory behind it. Yeah. So that's kind of what drove me that way. And then after college, uh, maybe... My first job was more kind of just a basic production support job, just monitoring applications and things like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I guess after maybe four years after college, I got my first data analysis job. And I really, I mean, I like the core work. The company itself was questionable, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the core work was good. I was learning a lot of skills and I realized one, this is... Hard stuff and two, like I'm good at this, so might as well stick to it. It's something that's high in demand, but the supply isn't doesn't really meet meet the demand at the moment.
0: So that's pretty cool. Yeah. What was it about like data analyst, data scientist, like this sort of path? Like I'm assuming some point in college you were like you know, this is something that I want to chase after, right? Like, we both have the same degree. I went in a wildly different way than you did. Um, so, you know, when talk to me, like, what that process was like at, like, a young age being like, this is what I'm into. This is where I want to see myself getting into. Like, what was that sort of like?
1: So that that was confusing for me, too, actually, because <laughs> I, like I had so many different, I guess, dreams of what I wanted to do when I was older as I was going through school and all that. Uh, I remember my first dream was, like, become a soccer player, right, professional soccer player. That's cool. I must have been, like, 10 years old at the time. So, quickly into high, right, as soon as high school started, I realized that dream's not going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, and I guess after that, it was kind of just feeling, like, experimenting things here and there, seeing what I like, don't like. Uh, I always knew I was good at math, so maybe just trying to figure out something related to math that I could do. That would be enjoyable and not boring. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I guess data analysis just worked out because of the things I learned in college. And then I guess just how my life just kind of went forward. There was a brief time after college for a few years where I wasn't working as a data analyst analyst and i was kind of this is completely random too i was like in the music scene i oh, no become shit. a musician yeah that's awesome so what do you play i play bass guitar and, and i sing so
0: fuck yeah. yeah do you still do it
1: i still do both but not nearly as much as i used to it was basically like a second job before wow.
0: yeah i would imagine that your current day-to-day job doesn't allow for very much free time like do you work like 10 hours a day like is it crazy
1: it Luckily isn't too crazy. They one of their most important like core values of the company is work life balance. Wow. So they always try to keep it under forty a week. Wow. Uh we'll see when football season gets <laughs> yeah. started. But yeah, I know they said it gets like ten times as busy. So Yeah,
0: you got yeah. one week of, of exactly non
1: craziness. Exactly. <laughs> but uh yeah, I've been able to balance it well and I think a big thing is just the industry itself, right? It's still not legal everywhere, right? Sports betting. Yeah. Three of the four biggest states in the country California, Texas, Florida, it's not legal yet. Wow. And once Florida that, not being legal is Yeah, it just, makes makes no sense. You could do anything else you exactly. want. <laughs> exactly. Except, <laughs> <was> Except sports, <laughs> sports betting. <laughs> but that's wild. You know, once that all takes off, I assume eventually it'll be legal in every state. And yeah. we're getting there. It'll
0: just boom. So it's wild. So, you know assuming the FBI is not listening to this podcast, I did a yeah. ton of illegal gambling in my early 20s, right? And like, you know, I'm not betting hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, a few hundred dollars a football game during football season was like what my, my go-to thing was. And man, I just can't imagine... I think I would have been in a better position financially in my life had it been legalized and regulated because there was this weird situation when you were gambling, at least when I was a kid, where... I would lose money for the week. Like, let's say I lost like a thousand bucks. But, you know, you don't meet your bookie on Monday. So we'd normally meet up like Tuesday, Wednesday. And then I'd either be up a couple bucks or down a couple more bucks. And I'd be like, oh, let's just let it ride. And it's like, oh my God, I've got like a... A bookie credit card that i'm just like you know it's it's because like i so i haven't really found myself getting super into online gambling like i've bet the super bowl some of the major college football games world series stuff like very very small stuff there and like barely touched the casino thing because right yeah jeez i mean it just seems crazy right although it's wild there's like fucking real people doing like um dealers oh yeah there's real
1: dealers just sitting in there home in their closet or whatever they got set up just doing it it's so weird it is it is interesting because the casino aspect i guess we have more control as a company as to the outcome sure so you're I mean you're kind of just playing to lose like, 100% if you're doing casino yeah. yeah I mean
0: you're when you go to a casino you're playing exactly. to lose and now you're doing it online which yep. clearly <laughs> they have a much better edge exactly yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild but I do think like if it was legalized at a younger age like I probably wouldn't have gambled a lot like I see I had an unabashed gambling problem and uh, not a problem it's not like you know I yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. lose any limbs or anything but like I would bet every football season I would lose tons of money and it'd be like what are you doing like, <laughs> yeah. why are you doing this um, but it was just like super normal but like now I guess you reach a certain age and you're like eh, you know cool it's like i can watch a game and get the rush from watching it and not having to have 500 bucks on the exactly giants to win exactly plus they're just going to let me down anyway
1: yeah at this point in time the giants are pretty <laughs> terrible so don't want to bet the future, on
0: them <laughs> future looks bright <brave. laughs> exactly um it, it's it's a very cool industry to be in and right now and it's obviously like growing and you know expanding rapidly um what was the appeal about the industry that made you want to get involved in it so the appeal was,
1: one, the fast-growing aspect, and then other than that, it was... So I've always loved sports since I was a kid. I've also had the thing where I was betting too much on <laughs> games and all that, so I know how that is.
0: You ever get like 2 a.m. Polish football, like oh, soccer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's South a- Korean League? Yeah, that's when that's you know when- <laughs> yeah. you have a real problem.
1: Yeah. yeah, That's when you know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, I I had the same interest. I love sports. Um, I'm a huge stat guy. One of my favorite things is just analyzing stats of players, especially in football. Um, And I I know so much about sports. Just I follow it outside of work already so much. Mm -hmm. And I have for years that I said to myself, you know, sports is such a big industry they need data scientists every aspect of sports needs data analysis so mm-hmm. why not get into that it's commercial commercially big and yeah it's just going to keep growing the betting part uh, as as it gets legalized as more people are aware of it yeah, i think even now we're starting to move over to other countries to bet on us sports so mm-hmm. it's just getting really big now and yeah. i think the jump into it was a little scary and and felt risky sure just because it was so new it was new sort of yeah like our company is only like three four years old so oh that's crazy (laughs) exactly yeah and um i think that the way everything is going now uh it's a promising future and yeah like i said it was risky because i guess i was so comfortable in my previous job it was for a bank in new york like you know they're always going to be there but i felt like i was just working a soulless job you know just all i was doing all my data analysis all the reports i was generating um any changes that were being made to the company was all basically to make the wealthier like the wealthy wealthier. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's Make all I was, more money. Exactly. And I was doing. Exactly. And just, now
0: you're in an industry where you just want to take the money out of hardworking Americans' hands. <laughs> exactly. I'm doing the exact opposite thing now. You know I mean? No, it's the same. It's the same. <laughs> it's the same, but people <laughs> might not be able to
1: do it now. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah. No,
0: it's funny because I I like the marriage of analytics and sports a lot. I'm super interested in how like there's a huge analytics push on the sports side of things, not necessarily the gambling side, um, which there obviously is. Yeah. but the the amount of front office positions that are being created on a yearly basis in every major sports league across the country and and even you know and uh, worldwide is awesome because they're looking at tangible measurable aspects to the sport that now need you know the the intelligence behind it and how to analyze well he can run this fast and do this it's fucking wild
1: it is wild and i don't know if you've noticed like even in the big major sports leagues in the country like all the new gms and coaches yeah they just look like nerds
0: they are they are they're all harvard mbas they're all mit i mean not all but a lot of them are coming from a non-traditional sport path to the front office
1: exactly and i think that has given me hope also because that is my goal is to become front office of a certain you know whatever team it doesn't really matter yeah but um that's been my like kind of my end goal now from now that i'm in the sports industry so yeah seeing the nerds take over like (laughs) miami san francisco just hired dudes that look just like me yeah (laughs) yeah what's his name
0: mcdaniel right yep mike mcdaniel yeah Yeah. 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 he's a nerd and he smokes a ton of weed too which is hilarious it's wild (laughs) um yeah that's cool you know my uh my working career is obviously found followed a non-linear path right like for a very long time It was all very financially driven until during the pandemic when I lost my job. I was like, well, what the fuck do I want to do with my life? And you start realizing like what's important and what you want to be. And you set new goals for yourself and like sort of like envision what your future could be like. And I'm like doing shit that I would never have imagined as far as two years ago, like. It's wild. Like my life is great. I've literally built everything that I want for myself. And it gets better every week, month yeah. and, and hopefully year, you know, like I'm, I'm extremely lucky with that. So when you look at something like wanting to work in the front office for any sports team or whatever, do you have like a plan to get there? Like, do you start like goal setting and, and putting yourself in a position to get there?
1: So that that's my next step, right? I guess because I've been here at this new job for about three months now. Oh shit, so, so new. Yeah, it's so new still. Dude, it
0: feels like it was so long ago. That you I told know, me you started. I know
1: it's time just <laughs> <like> flying by. <laughs> it's but, crazy, but uh, yeah, it's just uh, I. I guess that would be the next step. I'm still learning so much about our own industry, just the betting aspect of everything. It's quite overwhelming. It made. Like, there's millions of records I have to look at every single day. Every bet placed, you know, money lost, won, all that is...
0: So you're aggregating data to, like, further the casino's edge based on, like, lines and stuff like that?
1: Exactly. (laughs) Wow. And then also seeing, like, a certain game is what's the net gross revenue? Are we Mm -hmm. positive, negative? Is there anything that can, can be changed? Or should we just scrap that idea completely? That's wild. So there's a lot of things like that, as well as keeping, like, the high rollers on our platform. Versus consumer else. Exactly. That's exactly. interesting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's quite. Cool. It's just wild how, like, data intelligence has permeated through every industry and will continue because, at the end of the day, it's a dollars game, right? Exactly. And, like, your company needs to make sure more people are placing more bets for higher amounts of money and inevitably losing. But, yeah, that's wild.
1: Yeah, it is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, like, what are you doing in terms of setting up your future for the next thing like so, are, do you have like a one three five-year plan is that sort of like how you look at it
1: so yeah that I, I definitely have a one-year plan for now uh basically kind of just revisit where I am I guess nine months from now mm-hmm. and see how the one year went do I want to maybe stay within sports betting maybe my mind will change by then if I see the industry is really picking up and you know I learn so much more within the next nine months so there's either that, but if not, my next step would be probably to try to get into one of the major sports leagues like the NFL, MLB, or NBA, mm-hmm. or even NHL. But I guess like that would be the next step, just get a data, either a data analysis job there or a people manager uh, position and kind of just go from there. And then once I'm in there, I have found that it's all about networking. 100 Everything is about networking. That's life. Yeah. yeah. Like,
0: it's funny. Cause so, like, before we got on, on the podcast, well, before you came up today, <laughs> yeah. like, a friend of mine who's been on my podcast before, like, sent me two different group chats with, like, another individual in each chat where they were hooking me up with another person to be on my podcast. I was like, I never would have met this person. They live in California. They're strangers to me. We're not digital acquaintances we just know this one person in common and I'm gonna have two new people on my podcast because of them and exactly. it's just one of those examples of it's not what you know in life although being a data scientist certainly helps and intelligence helps yes it's who you know
1: exactly it's about who you know yeah and it's about how you present yourself to oh, others completely yeah. agree yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: it's one of the ugh, man it's one of those lessons that I wish I learned earlier in life like how important re- fostering like healthy boundaries and relationships can foster your career for years and years to come. Like, that would have been a great lesson for, you know, 25-year-old John. Oh, same here.
1: (laughs) 25-year-old Raj could have used that same lesson. But, you know, we made it. Yeah, we made it. Yeah, that's funny.
0: (laughs) Um, That's cool. Dude, I I think it's just such a wild, like, sort of path to, like, go from economics to, like, sports betting, which, you know, probably shouldn't surprise me that much. Um, I
1: guess even your story is is similar. It's just... Yeah, completely non-linear. different trajectory, right? Economics to photography. Mm-hmm.
0: So, what do you think it is about your life specifically that has gone like perfectly according to plan, and something that like you could never have imagined?
1: Uh, something that's gone perfectly according to plan might be nothing. Yeah, yeah. Isn't funny? I don't funny? think anything has. Yeah, yeah. I didn't plan on living in like this building here in Montclair uh, like two years ago. Well, the building
0: didn't exist. That's true. The (laughs) building did not
1: exist, but I did not expect to like be where I am career wise, uh, just socially. I've met so many new people the past year or two and it's made a huge difference in my mood, just the way I, how I feel when I wake up, just everything. Um, and I think what was the other half of the
0: question? Or in like what I, you answered it already. It was okay. basically like what went according to plan and what didn't. What did. And you're like, nothing really went exactly. according to plan. Exactly. Yeah. It's, what's the expression like uh, the God laughs at the plan or something you know, like best laid plans and like nothing ever really comes out the way it's supposed to be. I, like I'm a big believer of everything in life sort of happening as it should when it should. Yes. Um, it Like my life certainly has taken zero targeted approach to what I'm doing now, right? Like nothing about it, but in a weird way, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be and where I'm meant to be. And I am a big believer that when you start doing the things that you're supposed to be doing in life and like connecting with the right people and having the right conversations and just putting yourself in the right place at the right time leads to like growth, whether it is relationships, whether it is friendships, whether it is work, like, right? Like when you are constantly putting yourself in the right position you will inevitably be successful in whatever you're putting yourself in that position to be.
1: 100%. I agree with that. And sometimes you're working towards it without even realizing, which yeah. is cool. I think there's a John Lennon quote that just goes, life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. That's what I was looking yep, for. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's pretty much it. And that's how my life went. Uh, my 20s were a complete roller coaster up and down so um battled so many inner demons and just kind of had to just make it on my own mental health stuff or like mental health stuff yeah and family stuff wow because of the mental health but yeah it was just a lot like um i guess after college is when everything kind of hit me Mm -hmm. maybe a year afterwards I was, I guess, college was probably the best time of my entire life. Most people's. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, you know, everyone, you're in a city with people your age. Yeah. And that changed immediately afterwards, you know, going out on my own, basically having a three, four hour commute on the bus round trip and then working eight hours. So I hated everything and felt just lost and didn't have a social life at all because I didn't have time. Yeah. So I kind of yeah just started feeling alone depressed all that and you know when you're not aware of it or you don't address it it just keeps getting worse and worse. you're
0: subconsciously extremely aware of it right yeah because like you know i've been there i'm a big proponent of mental health i've done therapy for years now and i never had like you know very negative thoughts of like you know killing myself or anything like that but like i just had really horrible anxiety and depression and it was all tied to like the pandemic and losing my job and like the sense of worth and like all that shit. And it almost happened at, like, the perfect time. You know, I feel like if that had happened in my 20s, I probably would not have been able to deal with it as well. Um, It's such a young, impressionable time, and having those feelings is, like, probably the most common thing on earth. But also, like, you don't have the tools in your toolbox to handle all of those things without going to get the professional album.
1: That's exactly what it was. I was not ready for any of it because this was well before the pandemic, and I was probably, like, 23, 24 years old. And, yeah, I just didn't know what I was doing. I didn't really know what depression even was fully. I've heard of it, obviously, but didn't know, like, people that dealt with it. I was the first one I knew dealing with it. And then, yeah, it just got so bad to the point where, you know, I did have thoughts of, like, why, why am I here? Like, what is the point of going onwards? And there was, like, I'd say 2017, maybe, or 2018, there was that was probably like yeah 2017 was the worst year of my entire life um, personally work wise personally and work well, there was no work I was just not in a place to work uh, mentally damn and um you know the family thing is bad one being like tradition in a traditional Indian family doesn't help with like yeah. mental health and things like that like the views on it so. You didn't
0: feel like you had a support system. I had
1: no support system from my family, pretty much. It felt like. Yeah. And they kind of just lost trust in me completely, you know, to the point where they wouldn't allow me to be at home. The reason they lost trust is because I was numbing all these feelings with substances, right? So, Which is a pretty normal path. Exactly. And, you know, I went to get treatment, came out. Parents were just like, you can't live here. So... I that's tough. I was pretty much I had no money. My network net worth was completely negative back at that time, and just found like government sponsored housing in Dover. Wow! And lived there for a little over six months, probably six to eight, probably eight months. Wow! And yeah, it was just it was terrible. Like going, all you can afford is maybe three, four dollars of food a day from the gas station. Uh, living in a neighborhood where honestly high crime. the yeah high crime the main language was spanish like i didn't even i couldn't communicate with everybody it was just tough and but that really
0: was that your rock bottom
1: that was my rock bottom that's when i was like i was living in you know like a closet-sized room with another person wow and that dude he ended up overdosing oh, and dang. dying so i saw at least four Four people just die while living there jesus and it was it's heartbreaking honestly yeah. even if you don't know them well yeah. and then you you kind of do know them a little bit because you form a connection and then yeah. they are just gone but yeah that really made me stronger um made me lose a lot of hope and humanity at that time honestly i was like you know nothing's gonna work for me Like, and
0: i mean it's like a you know the The hard thing is, like, I can relate to that tremendously, and although not having experienced similarities in any way, shape, or form, you go through your own sort of demons and ups and downs like that. Like, I've been in those positions. The way I went through it in my 20s was I just was spending money, right? Like, I was, like, numbing myself with buying shit and, like, retail therapy and, like... pretending right like i was pretending to be something else to mask all the insecurities and anxieties that i was feeling inside like i didn't have a substance abuse problem i didn't have you know the the family aspect right like i didn't have that but like if if i could have like gone back and like shaken you know like 25 year old raj and been like dude you have like help support like see where you're gonna be you know fucking five six years from now it's like it's It's just frustrating because, like, a lot of people don't get to the point where you are today, right? Like you mentioned. And it's like we all live this chaotic, hard existence. And all we do is make it harder for each other. We do. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And instead of leaning on each other, you just feel alone. And that at that time, I felt like I couldn't trust anybody. So that Uh, was rough.
0: how, How do you go from, you know, a closet? three dollars a day to like what was that experience like how do you pull yourself up you know from the bootstraps and and get yourself out of something like that
1: yeah um so i guess there were people it wasn't my family Mm -hmm. but there were a handful of people that i kind of just feel like i owe my life to and they really had my back no matter what You know, I never took them up on these offers, but they, like, if you need a couch to stay on, whatever, anything like that. And the main thing I just took them up on was to talk, someone to talk to. And that's all I really wanted from them. And they were there for me when my family really wasn't, right? So, you know, these five, six people, maybe, I'll always remember them, like, hold them in high I don't know, regard, even Mm -hmm. though some of them are not part of my life at all anymore. But just the influence they have, when they entered, that was those were that that was the biggest thing was those people. Then after that, I was able to start thinking, you know, how can I improve from here? There are people who care about me that believe in me. And I always knew I was, like I said, like good at math. So I said to myself, There's gotta be something. Math and technology two things I, I'm good at and, and knowledgeable on. So I guess after that little time period, I got like a, you know, a basic job, like geek squad. I was a geek squad agent, <laughs> fitting, right, <laughs> yeah, for me. Nice. Yeah. And uh, that was good. You know, I got a lot of exposure to technology. Even talking to people was, was a huge thing. And yeah, breaking out of your shell. Exactly, exactly. And then because of my experience working with te- the tech devices – Samsung gave me an offer to be a data analyst at their corporate uh, headquarters in Richfield Park. Wow! So that was a junior position. You know, I wasn't paying super well, but it was a you know step in the right direction. And I excelled. I was doing. I put so much effort into that. I was completely just driving forward at that point. Yeah. And within a year, I got a call from uh, you know a bank in New York, Mm -hmm. and they they were like. Here we'll offer you a senior position. We really liked uh, what we saw in your the way you presented yourself in the interview, and just like that, I was making more than double wow. what I was making a day before. So yeah. that changed my life completely, and that gave me confidence. And I was leading like a few pe- uh, a small team also at the in that job, and just yeah, it gave me confidence, feeling good with people. And then you know you hear. As I was meeting other people outside of work, I hear, you know, I meet people who are doing things they love, Mm -hmm. and that was a new thing for me, too, seeing people actually experiencing that. So I said, why can't, why can't I do that? And, you know, I heard uh, someone's story maybe like six, seven months ago, and I was like, all right, that's it. I got to, I got to go forward and just do it. And yeah, within half a year, I landed this job and... That was it.
0: And I mean, dude, <laughs> uh, listen, man, like obviously we're friends, you know, we hung out a dozen times in the last year or whatever. I had no idea about any of these experiences that you had. And I think in a lot of ways, that's what's the beauty of why I do this podcast, man. Like it's, yeah. you get to learn about people in a way that, you know, breaks down barriers of, you know, normal life conversations, right? Like, exactly. It's not like you would be normally forthcoming with like those types of trials and tribulations, but The beauty in that is like how relatable it is. So many people who are listening to this can be like, I've been in this position. I've had these self-doubts. I've had these really hard situations in my life. And like, you know, maybe something you just said is going to positively impact someone else who's going to be going through something like that. I think you also said something which was crucially important that, again, I wish I'd learned a little bit earlier in life. It's just like what is really important in the world in life is people right like at the end of the day you can make millions of dollars you can drive nice cars you can have fancy shit but if you're alone does it matter like is your life worth living like i know that's like morbid but the truth of the matter is like Everything that I'm doing in my life is because of the people in my life, like yeah. without the support of my friends and family, without, you know, the amazing sort of support system that I've had, you know, over the last two years and, you know, 30 something before yeah. that, I could never have taken the chances that I've taken in my life. I could never have taken the risks that I have. I, I could never have grown so much in the amount of time that I have and found the appreciation for those people had it not been for them being there. And it's like, it's truly so cliche, but it's true. Like life is what you make of it. And it's because of those people that you put around yourself that allow you to grow to your highest potential.
1: Exactly. Yes. And that it's a lesson I learned the past few years. I didn't, you asked me at 25, I wouldn't have known any of that. I wouldn't have been able to tell you, you know, how important relations with other people are. I always thought like, yeah, you know, I can just make it on my own, which I cannot. I've oh. experienced that. So
0: There are very few people who can, man. I mean, yeah. like, it's, you know, not very many people. I mean, those who are born on third base, sure, it's easy to hit a home yep. run when you're yep. parked on third, right? If you're by yourself, if you're alone, you know, unless you have immense drive and immense desire to prove a lot of people wrong... It's not easy. People need support. People need people.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: That's really incredible, man. I like, man, that really blew me away. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, just that is uh, a level of, you know, overcoming obstacles that I I can't directly relate to. Um, It really puts into perspective how lucky I am and like how lucky a lot of people I know are because they haven't had to deal with stuff like that. That's hard. Like it is hard. Um, What was like the best piece of advice that you received when you were going through that that kind of helped you, you know, kind of power through?
1: That's a good question. I think I was mostly just clinging on to hope at the time, but I'm trying to think if there's any specific piece of advice. I think someone once told me, this might sound a little morbid, but like it is applicable to my past, that Like, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yeah. So that really stuck with me for some reason. And I think that it just kept me going. Even if it just was one day's worth of hope, it it helped me get to the next day. And I think, you know, the one day at a time advice at that time was very crucial. I, I couldn't think a week ahead. I didn't know what was going on. I was just like, let me just get through this day, get to the next day, go to my, you know, recovery meetings, all that stuff, um, and just survive. At this point, do what other people are telling me to do, because I, I, whatever I was doing, wasn't working at the time. Yeah. So I think, yeah, those are some of the things that helped me, and you know, I think you had mentioned it earlier that how important therapy has been to you that something i forgot to mention that has also been very key i still go i've been going for years now so yeah
0: you know i was very to a negative degree anti-therapy for a long time oh why are people all they want to do is complain about their problems all they need to you know quit your bitching like go fucking to work like stop your complaining like life's not that hard until it was that hard for me or until I realized that I was just masking the shit that I was dealing with, with like a, a, you know, rose colored glasses of everything's fine. And I'm, you know, but like the truth of the matter is that like having that unbiased person whose only job is to listen to what you're going through and give like somewhat reasonable advice or thoughts on the things that you're telling them is super important. It's like, you know, you can have that relationship with a, a brother, a sister, a mother, a father, a friend, but they've got biased outcomes and opinions about what you're telling them, right? Yes. But if you tell your brother or sister that you have a huge drug problem, obviously they want you to be okay. But like, you know, if you're telling them about negative thoughts and stuff, these are difficult conversations to have, and sometimes having a completely unbiased human being on the other side of it to be that sounding board can be tremendous in your growth.
1: Definitely. Yeah, I think that was. That was exactly what it was. It was someone just focused on me. I know, I really don't know anything about the therapist, right? And, and then, yeah, they just, as they get to know me, they see patterns that, you know, I'm, ex- I guess, exhibiting. And they, I guess they just kind of give me solid advice, say, hey, Raj, you were doing this, and this is the third time you've done this exact behavior. Maybe it's something we should work on, or maybe there's something deep down you know isn't it layered underneath isn't it
0: funny like i always laugh at that when there he i have a gentleman when he's like dude you know we've talked about this before right And i'm like really like it always feels so new to me exactly it's like wow he's like no no this is you know we've talked about this before and like let's figure out like i didn't realize so like i do this thing all the time and i don't know if this is one of my neuroses or not, but like I'll do laundry, right? And I'll take the laundry out of the dryer and I'll put it on my bed. And then when I go to bed, I'll take it off my bed and I'll put it on my couch. And then the next morning when I'm having my coffee, my clothes are on my couch, I'll move up from my couch to my chair, right? Yeah. And then I'll live on my chair for like three or four days until I'm like, oh, I should put it away now, right? So it's like that level of what? why am I doing that, right? The avoidance tendencies, like all these things that I didn't know were like, men, uh, not mental illness, but, like, whatever I know you, what you want mean, to call it. Yeah. Like, I had no idea. So, it's like, until I have this conversation with this person, I never realized that these are something that, like, you know, these are, like, ADHD things, like, fucking, I would have never known. I'd just be like, I'm lazy. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's that's how I would have been. I'm just like, I am lazy. Why yeah. am I lazy? Yeah. But instead of, I guess, behavioral pattern is a good way mm-hmm. of describing yeah. it. And, yeah, there's something underneath you that we can't get to on our own. We yeah. have no idea. Our... Mind's too cloudy, um, and we just have too many things, like obstacles preventing us from thinking
0: that deep down about ourselves. 100%. One of the great uh, lessons that I've learned is... The power in words, like, right? So, like, I started, so, like, I used to write a lot on the internet, like, about, like, dating and relationships, and, and, you know, even, like, when I was in high school, I'd write about, like, relationships and and stuff, like, on paper, right? Not, like, the internet wasn't yeah. really a thing then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, like, so I would, like, I would write, and I would write, and I would write, and then sometime, you know, five or six years ago, I stopped writing. Like, I lost the ability to, like, self-narrate, right? Like, to, like, so, or really self-reflect, right? I couldn't write down the things I was thinking and feeling, And my therapist was like, you need to really be diligent about it. And the, the way that we went about it was like in the morning, it's like when I woke up, I'd write about things that I'm like, I'm grateful for. And when I went to bed, I'd be like write about the day. Like, was it good? Was it bad? What, what, like, what can I approve upon? And like all these things and then taking those each day and then like reviewing them like at the end of the week being like, oh, like, you know, it, it fostered a, like, a dialogue with myself that allowed me to keep myself in check and, like, like hold myself accountable for, like, everyday shit, which yeah. I would avoid at times. And, like, you know, well, I could be like, oh, John, you drank on Monday. Why did you drink on Monday? Why didn't you wait till Friday? You know what I mean? Like, shit exactly. like that. That, like, I wasn't doing until he taught me to do it again.
1: Yeah. And it, it is i feel like having those mundane everyday things down is very important before yeah. you can even start focusing on the other issues 100 percent. like if you you have to have a i guess clear or an environment with clarity not not a cluttered environment to have your mind start yeah thinking that way
0: you know what's funny if that goes back to like the clothes thing, like the cluttered space that you live in can be detrimental to like mental clarity, to being able to like work on things, to be having clear mind and thought when you're going through your job, when you're like, Oh, I'll just pile this shit here and I'll pile this shit there. And that was another great thing. Learned how to like declutter your space. I don't need fucking a thousand books in my apartment. They go into storage, right? Exactly. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's funny because again, I'm in a place where like I've learned so much in just the last two years. It's like literally tomorrow, September first, twenty twenty, I got my car and I started driving around the country, taking pictures, fell in love with photography. Like my life changed permanently two years ago. Oh, wow. And yeah, it's crazy. It's not that much time. It's not that long ago. Yeah, Yeah, man. It's funny because, you know, I'm, I'm just now very much on the verge of everything that I've been working for for two years coming to fruition. Right. Yes. And it's one of those things where it's gone according to plan completely and yet not even remotely close to the plan. Right. <laughs> it's That's like, true. Yeah. You know, if someone would have told me two years ago, it's going to take you two years to like be comfortable in what you're doing and who you're being and like all the stuff that you're doing, I'd be like, yeah, it's not that long, but like two years is a long time, especially like when you're like, you know, a lot of times I was paying rent last year and I was paying with savings because I didn't make rent money in a month. You know, as a freelance photographer, if you're not working, you're not getting paid. So like there were times last year where I was like, oh, savings, up, savings, up, savings that's like not as a very uneasy feeling, but to like have then now been in a position where I'm like two years into this and like, it's working right. Like it's like if it's so it's, it's rewarding on a scale that I've never felt before.
1: I agree. Yeah. Where I'm at now is I don't think I've ever been this happy my entire life. Yeah. Dude.
0: It's, it's, it's wild because man, like all I cared about when I was younger was having a lot of shit, like nice nice car, nice watch, like fucking thousand pairs of sneakers. Like at, at, at the time I didn't realize it was, you know, uh, avoidance, whatever behavior or whatever thing it was like a, you know, bandaid on a bullet hole. Right. Exactly. Like I was filling a hole with stuff, but I'm just like genuinely complacent and happy on a scale that it's hard for me to like not appreciate, but articulate. Like, it, I'm immensely appreciative of where I am today because I didn't know where I was going to be two years ago. When I lost my job in the pandemic, like, I think people forget that shit felt like, oh, the world's, it's over.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. over.
0: When I lost my job, I was like, oh man, like, I'm fucked. Like, I fucked myself big time. Like, uh, it's over. I'm never going to work again. I'm going to be bankrupt. Like, I'm going to be living fucking in my parents' basement for my entire life. Like, I just, I thought it was yeah. over. And like, to be in the position now where, you know i'm heading into the second year of my own apartment like i'm successful not just like personally but financially and like in ways i couldn't measure i'm just happy yeah. it's like it's it's underrated to be cognizant of where you're feeling right like i am so appreciative of the fact that i'm able to check in and be like are you happy today because i know what it really feels like now
1: yes that's a good point now that we actually know what our version of feeling that happy is we can appreciate when we see it in others right instead of feeling bad about it you know what's (laughs) funny
0: man i uh i've always had a pretty good bullshit like reader like on people and like understand like where people are coming at and like why they are a certain way and that skill has been sharpened tremendously as i've been able to realize myself like what is important and you start realizing that like a lot of people pretend like it's a lot easier to go on Instagram and post about how great things are with you know me my wife and husband and 19 kids and white picket fence and the carpool lane and, like people don't talk about like oh i didn't sleep at all last yeah, week yeah. and like i'm drinking three bottles of wine a night to get to bed you know what i mean like it, it's very easy to pretend to be happy
1: it is and i've noticed one thing compared to like five years ago is i can spot that more mm-hmm. easily now and people be like all right that guy seemed acts like everything's okay like everything's going well but no because I, I could see the behaviors that i was Doing exhibiting yourself. back then exactly yeah exactly it's
0: like a superpower almost but i think to a degree of where i am a, i am able to see that in people as well and i'm much more inclined to be like hey are you all right like do you want to yeah. talk right like you can like I would have not avoided the difficult conversations with friends and family back in the day but like I would just laugh it off ha 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 like it's fine
1: yeah I would do the same
0: but like now like I want to know why you're feeling this way I want to know are you okay right like there it's actually genuinely important to me because again it goes back to the lesson that you learn with time it's people right that's what life is A life that is important and filled with beautiful, amazing things is filled with people. It's not stuff, it's people.
1: It's people. Yeah, it is. And it's sharing experiences and just sharing happiness, too. Yeah. I love sharing happiness. It's something completely new to me. Yeah. Just, and even something that's new to me is like being okay without having to strive for something really needs to be improved about myself like what like for example five years ago i was like i need to get my mental health ready i cannot take any substances like this i have to really focus on getting a career like completely mm-hmm. that was all my focus now it's like what What did I? maybe i could just go to the gym a little bit get some more muscle not a big deal yeah uh, it's small things like that so it's nice to i guess my anxiety from the past still comes through. Like, all right, Raj, something something's wrong here right now. You well, know? it's
0: like you you you're out of sorts because everything's good.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I know that feeling. It's weird because like you you get to a position where you feel like the other shoe should be dropping. Yeah. Okay. Something. This is all going a little too good. A little too according to plan. Like this is not right.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then you you start wondering and becoming skeptical about yourself instead of. Having, I guess, self belief. Yeah. And that's something, again, I have to still work on developing is confidence, self belief. Um,
0: See, I've always had that self confidence and, like, to a rational degree. Like, I, I think that's partly why I've been able to build all what I have in the last two years because I've always believed that I was going to be eventually doing the thing that I was meant to be doing and loving it. Like, for a long time, I thought that too, but it was in other ways. It was manifesting itself through like financial ways. And now it has manifested itself in like, I get to do the thing that I love most in the world for life. Right. Yeah.
1: And do you think, so do you think that it, losing that job during the pandemic was needed
0: it was the best thing that ever happened okay. to me. yeah. In hindsight, yep. right? Like, yep. at the time, like, I, I can't stress enough. Like, it's just really hard to, like, go back into that frame of mind when I got fired. So, th- there was a, a brief period prior to losing my job where I was going to the doctor because I was having, like, a weird heart thing, right? Like, for context, both my grandfathers died of heart attacks. My dad has had six bypass heart surgeries. So, like, for me, having to male relatives who died in their 40s from heart related stuff i was like oh my god like this is this is it i'm gonna die like right it turned out to be nothing yeah as it usually does but the day i lost my job i was wearing a heart monitor like literally i was wearing a heart monitor and i asked my doctor i was like hey what was like you know what was my heart doing at like friday 4 45 p.m And my heart decreased because I think like whether it was subconscious or whatever it was, like rather than being in that like fight or flight situation, I was like, I relaxed. I was like, I don't have to pretend to know what I'm doing anymore. I don't need to pretend. I was I felt like a fraud in the job because I was put in a position to do something that I never done before. And I was like, one of those things where I was like, I could fake it till I make it. I've done it my whole life, but I couldn't, right? Like, I just failed. And like, that's okay. You could admit failure. Like, I failed. Like, that's okay. Yeah. And I think what I went through when that happened was a sense of relief. Like, the jig is up. I was found out. I was, you know, I was relieved. So, the immediate after effect of that was chaos, right? Right this is it. Um, like my life's over. Like, you know, people were getting laid off, furloughed. Like the world was in a fucking insane, insane place. So I was like, this is bad. Like this is about as bad as it could be. And in a lot of ways, everything that I went through, like I, I joke 2020 was the best year of my life financially and the absolute worst year of my life on every other measurable metric. level. Yeah. 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 And if it weren't for that, I wouldn't, we wouldn't be having this conversation.
1: Yeah, that's true. And same here, like the pandemic during it, some, you know, there's a major event for me, it was a breakup and just destroyed me. I was living alone. No one wanted to hang out because of the pandemic being in its peak. Mm -hmm. So I'm just sitting there like, what am I doing? What do I do? And yeah, you just learn a lot about yourself when you're put in those situations. Um, And I think. Like how we're describing the pandemic was challenging for us. I'm sure it was for pretty much everybody. Everyone, yeah, in in their own ways. But you know, it it changed the world a lot. See, now we can do things like this. Like you could work from your home completely now, right? Mm-hmm. I can do that. So I think I tried it you know, take some positives out of this.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, you take the the morality out of the, the pandemic, right? Obviously, there was a tremendous loss of exactly. life, yeah. which is horrible. But to a lot of degrees, I think, well, I hope that it put into perspective the importance of what's important, right? That was so dumb. But the importance of what's important being that, like, you figure out when you can't leave your house and you can't see people, who's going to be there for you? Yeah. You found out very quickly, like, who are the important people in my life? Who can I rely on? Who can I trust to, like, not be going to parties during a pandemic and, like, oh, God, I could get this disease and kill my parent? Like, you know what I mean? It it put into perspective what was truly most important in life, and I think for that I'll always be grateful.
1: Yeah, same here. Did you ever have moments during the pandemic where – were you living alone
0: during no, it? No, I was with my family.
1: Okay, okay. Maybe that was one difference because there were times where I said to myself, like, I feel so terrible mentally. I'd rather just go out and risk getting COVID just because I need to see people. I felt and that
0: way too, but I always, my fear was getting it and killing my parents, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. because I was in a situation you where- lived it, yeah, 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 where I was in a situation where, like, my doing that would have- probably yeah i couldn't i think i i can't underestimate how absolutely lonely i felt during those times like i did all the like i don't know about you you got you broke up during the pandemic i'd been single for like six or so months leading into the pandemic but like doing the the facetime dates and stuff like all that shit was the worst the worst the worst it's like laughably terrible Um, and I just, i had never, even though I was with people, right. I had never felt so alone. Right. Because you're not going out, you're not seeing friends, you're not doing social, you're not leaving your house. Like I, I, it's hard to like really emphasize how truly alone I felt. And I had people, I can't imagine what it would have been like had I been here on my own, right? Like, yeah, it was, it was hard.
1: Yeah, definitely. It was challenging, but you know where we are now 2022 it seems like everything's kind of getting back to normal Monkey some <laughs> monkeypox is now back here which looks even more fun but
0: <laughs> you know what you know what the 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 um The expression that I said before, having tools in my tool bag, I've got a lot more tools in my tool bag these days to deal with like whatever life hands me. Right, exactly. Like you know, I'm not wishing negative things on me at all. I want the exact opposite. But I'm now in a position where I can roll with the punches. I have the tools to be able to combat life. Right, and like I don't think two years ago I did. In two years ago, I was in a dark place, and admittedly, were it not for all of that shit that i went through i don't you know i don't know that i could be in this position i am in today
1: yeah i guess i can relate to that so one example of a tool like that i have now didn't have before i one thing i tend to do a lot is get in my own head and obsessively think about like a certain thing or topic sure. whatever mm-hmm. it is it's very all range. very normal yep so before i would spend not even kidding, like four or five hours just in my head on that one brutal thing. But now I can catch myself within five, ten minutes, be like, all right, yeah. Raj, you gotta put it away. Stop that. Think about something else, distract yourself, learn some of the grounding techniques you've learned mm-hmm. or use them and yeah, just whatever works at that yeah. moment.
0: You know, I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing because a lot of people don't know that they can learn coping mechanisms to life's problems, right? Yeah. They like put a band-aid on it. They put their head down and they pretend it doesn't exist and they shun it and they ignore it and it just makes matters worse. And I think what's one of the nice byproducts of the pandemic is I think there is like a, a renewed uh, conversation around mental health and like how it's okay to not be okay. And you can ask people for help and you can get professional help and just exactly what you just said is crucial in that being able to identify your faults and things that are wrong that you can then learn to cope with and fix.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that is one of the positives from the pandemic yeah. is the mental health, I guess, acceptance, yeah. worldwide acceptance or universal acceptance. Because yeah, it's something I, I don't know, two, maybe two years ago, I would not have been able comfortable sharing some of the things i just said today yeah who who knows so i mean listen man i (laughs) think
0: it it goes without saying that i've enjoyed this conversation tremendously i mean i've learned so much more about you i have such a greater appreciation for you as a friend and a human being and there's no question in my mind that someone is listening to this today who can relate to what you've said who can relate to what we've discussed right this is life like at the end of the day everyone goes through the same shit just some people have more tools in their tool belt to be able to deal with it and that's okay and like admitting that you need help is okay like all this stuff is very normal like if it's if anything that is taken from this conversation today it's like it's okay to feel whatever you feel but if it's bad get help
1: exactly yeah yes
0: dude i uh i have a very cheesy line if you've been on my podcast you're part of my family and i know you've met my brother and, and i have, and, yeah. <laughs> and we've we've had a lot of fun conversations and good times together but I'm, I'm just immensely appreciative of you and your friendship and coming on this podcast and yeah man uh, i'm just so very thankful and, and thanks for coming on
1: i appreciate that john and right back at you it's been a pleasure getting to know you the past year and i can't it's just getting started so, yeah yeah awesome man <laughs> thanks forward. so much
0: yep yep take care